Uh, go ahead and get your Bibles open to Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. Now, when you when you think of Christmas time, you typically don't associate Christmas with war, uh, the, the the destruction, the death, the violence. Uh, of war just totally contradicts the the peace, the joy, the happiness, the the good feelings that Christmas bring. Uh, but in, during World War One, Christmas came at the peak of one of the worst years of fighting, and life in the trenches during World War One was, was terrible. Uh, technology, military technology, had advanced very very rapidly, uh, and the the way they fought wars had not advanced. And so things like tanks and mustard gas and grenades and machine guns made just the way that people were able to destroy and kill each other just so much worse. And trench warfare was just terrible. Uh, but against, all, against this backdrop, all this, this war and destruction and death and this chaos, there were two armies that chose peace just for a little while. On Christmas Eve, they these on these, early in the war during December of 1914, uh, many German and British soldiers took peace into their own hands, and they began across the battlefield in their trenches. They began to sing carols and play carols, and they they found that they knew the exact same Christmas carols. Of course, they just knew them in a different language. And so early on Christmas Day, uh, German soldiers walked across the battlefield unarmed, uh, yelling Merry Christmas to the British soldiers. Uh, of course, the Allied troops were a little uh, leery at first, but eventually several of them crawled out and they, they met in the middle of the battlefield. They exchanged gifts, uh, they shook hands, and they even had a game of soccer. And for one day, uh, war stopped. For one day, the destruction ceased, and they, they embraced the peace of the season. Uh, now, this Christmas truce, it, it would never be repeated. Uh, military officials on both sides made sure that if this ever happened again, that the soldiers involved would be severely punished. So this was the last time it ever happened. But on that special day, enemies placed their shared humanity uh, apart. Uh, they placed their shared humanity above their allegiances to their countries. They expressed the spirit of Christmas peace in a truly powerful way. Can you imagine what it must have been like on that Christmas day in that battlefield to, to stop the killing, stop the shooting, stop the death and destruction, and just embrace your enemy uh, across the battlefield and have peace for a little bit of time? It must have been an incredible sight to see. And God's peace can rule can and can come inside of us god's peace can fill us and rule within us even when we are surrounded by death and evil god's presence and peace can pierce even the darkest surroundings and the darkest valleys that we face we're going to we, we can be going through an emotional war any emotional valley valley we can face we can have god's peace present and ruling in our lives Christmas is typically, and rightfully so, thought of as the season of joy. But it can be a painful season for many people. Uh, many people are celebrating Christmas for the first time without a loved one. Many, Christmas, uh, many, many people are celebrating Christmas with illness 
or disease or loss of, of a job or loss of a spouse or maybe abandonment. So, so Christmas is the season of joy, but it's very painful for a lot of people. Uh, maybe you're facing battles. Maybe you're facing a pain. Maybe you're facing darkness this Christmas season. But even in those dark places, we can lean into the God who is always with us and we can enjoy the peace that God brings us. So today as we continue our Advent journey toward Christmas, we're going to focus on the peace that God with us brings. The peace that has been brought into our world by Emmanuel, by God with us. Because remember last week we looked at the truth that God is still with us. Uh, when Jesus came, of course, in the manger thousands of years ago, he was born as a little baby and we had the presence of God in human form on the earth for 33 years and he lived a perfect life, a sinless life and he died uh, a death we should have died. He was buried in a tomb and rose again and then 40 days later he ascended up into heaven and so physically Jesus, God on earth, physically has ascended to heaven but God's spirit is still with us. God has promised us he will never leave us and never forsake us. So during Christmas, we need to understand that God didn't come leaving. He's coming back. Yes, physically, Jesus, God came. Physically, God left. And physically, God's coming back. But his presence and his spirit is always and will always be with us. So this, the last week, we began looking at the, uh, the, the hope that God with us brings. And as a real quick recap, the word Advent means coming or arrival. It is a season marked by expectation, marked by waiting, marked by longing and anticipation. And Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. It is a season that links the past, the present, and the future all together with the hope, the peace, the joy, the love that God with us Brings. And so during Advent, we focus on a different attribute of God represented in the coming of Jesus. And as God with us, Jesus brings us peace even in dark times. Uh, we see how this peace affects the shepherds in the story of Jesus. Now, of course, the shepherds during the time of Jesus, they were, they were outcasts. They were the lowest of society. They were considered uh, very menial, very dirty, very just labor-intensive work. And, and no one really wanted to hang out with shepherds or really appreciated what the shepherds did. Uh, they were an unruly group. They were at the bottom rung of society. Now, at the other spectrum, you had the religious elite. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees and these people who were the religious leaders of the day. And they were, they were smug in their moral goodness. Uh, they, they, they enjoyed their high positions of power. And they made everyone else know their place below them. They made sure everyone else knew they weren't as good as them. They weren't as righteous as them. They weren't as holy as them. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees were at the top and everyone else below. And they lifted themselves up by putting everyone else down. And in this culture, in this society, the last group of people that you would have expected to receive a visit from angels and a proclamation from God was the shepherds. It should have gone to the religious elite, but it didn't. That first Christmas night, God didn't come to the temple and to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and to the angels. He came to the lonely shepherds. He came to the shepherds who were in the field watching their flock at night, and he, he gave the announcement to them. And they didn't expect this direct message 
from God through the, through the angels who visited that Christmas morning. So imagine their surprise. They're watching their sheep at night. They've, they've made sure they're all in the, the correct pen and the correct where they're at and they're supposed to be. They're all in the fence. They're all safe. And they're just relaxing. Maybe they have a fire going. Maybe making s'mores. I don't know. And roasting kosher hot dogs, all beef hot dogs or something. I don't know what they were doing. But they're just, they're just sitting there. They're kind of talking. They're kind of huddled around the fire. And suddenly, the sky lights up. And angels appear. And angels start giving these people, this group of of lowly shepherds, the, the declaration that the Messiah has come, that God has kept his promise, and God is now with man. And so the angel of the Lord shows up, and he gives us an incredible message. Look in your Bibles in Luke chapter 2, starting verse number 8. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then lo... The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So the words of the angel were almost as unbelievable to the shepherds uh, as the, uh, were as unbelievable to them as the fact that the angels were coming to them at all. And so the shepherds, the, the angels are proclaiming peace, and they were doing it to the shepherds. This, this wasn't supposed to happen to shepherds. They weren't supposed to receive a word from God. They weren't supposed to be the ones who were the first to see the Messiah. They weren't supposed to be the ones that would, would visit the G, baby Jesus that first Christmas morning. Look, and they were there long before the wise men. The wise men got there a couple years later. They were a little slow. It took them a long time to get there. The shepherds got to see the baby Jesus. And this, this was not supposed to happen. Supernatural encounters with God's messengers and promises of God's blessing and God's favor just didn't come to shepherds in this time. And so those were reserved for the super spiritual religious leaders of the day. And they considered to be, they were considered by society to be the most holy. Uh, excuse me a second, I, I need to, I can't see when it's down there, my eyes have grown old. Okay, so they were considered, the religious elite were the ones who were considered by society to be the most holy. And they should have been the ones to receive the message of the arrival of the Messiah. And the announcement of the shepherds that God had come uh, to kind of turn this current culture and this current political system on its head. It reminded people then, and it reminds people today, that God's favor is not based on human standards. His favor is on all who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept the gifts of, of hope and love and joy and peace that Jesus brings. And so the angels, they appear to the shepherds. Their shepherds received the announcement of the good news. And then they became the messengers or the bearers of peace. If you keep reading the Christmas story, the Bible tells us that they went down and they found the baby lying in the manger. And I don't know how long they spent there. I don't know, I don't know if Mary let them, let them hold a baby. If she's like some of the moms that we have, they had to have 
alcohol and rub their hands and make sure they were clean before they could touch a kid. But I don't know if they got to hold the baby Jesus, but they got to see the baby Jesus. And then the Bible says they left and told everyone the good news. So they became recipients of the message of the peace of God, and then they became bearers of the message of peace. They received and gave the message that all is well and all is as it should be, and that brings to, to, us, brings to us peace of mind and peace within our hearts. And so Jesus' arrival for the shepherds, it marked the starting place of peace for all those on his... Uh, the, the, uh, uh, Sorry, all right. I do this every service. Jesus' arrival for the shepherds marked the starting place of peace to all those that received him and let us know that we have peace because he is with us. The God of peace truly is with us today. Peace is not based on your class or your occupation or any standard that we can have. It's based on the presence of God in our life and the good news, and that is good news and great joy for all people. The Prince of Peace has come and is with us today. So as we continue to celebrate the Advent season, this morning, real quick, I want to see what it looks like through history to have the presence of God with us and God's peace with us today. Number one, we see scripturally that God's peace brings wholeness. God's peace brings wholeness. Over in Numbers, uh, chapter number 6, starting verse number 24. Numbers 6, 24, the Bible says, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Now, the Hebrew word uh, used for here, used for, for peace and for blessing uh, throughout the Old Testament is the word shalom. Uh, and it, it conveys a rich, powerful meaning. It, it's much more than just the absence of fighting. It's much more than just the absence of strife. Shalom represents safety. It represents completeness. It represents wholeness. Uh, this is a type of peace brought by God when God is with us. And Jesus is the Prince of Shalom that's foretold in the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform that. So the Jews in Jesus' day, they wanted the Messiah to come and destroy the Roman oppressors and destroy the Roman government and set up his own earthly kingdom. They were a conquered people longing for the day that God would come as a conquering hero and free them from their oppressors. And they thought that would be the peace that Jesus uh, would bring. They, they all, but they also understood and longed for shalom. And the concept was foundational to their spiritual life. They longed for peace 
and prosperity and wholeness and completeness. They wanted the Messiah to come and make their nation whole again. And this completeness and this wholeness with God is what Jesus brings and brought when he came into the world. It's what Jesus brings when we accept him as our Savior. We were all born broken and separated from God. And we accept Christ as our Savior. We receive the redemption of God. We receive completeness where we're whole again and we're, we're restored to God and there's peace between God and man again. It's the peace that calms our souls deeply. It is the acceptance that we can trust that it is well with my soul no matter what storm surrounds us. This is a peace that we celebrate today. And when Jesus returns the second time, he will heal all that is broken and restore God's shalom. God's peace brings wholeness. Second thing we want to look at, God's peace is found in a person. It says it in John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. Uh, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth peace, I give, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So near the end of Jesus' life, he, he spoke these words to his disciples shortly before his crucifixion because he knew that they were going to need his peace. He knew that they were going to uh, experience a crushing blow where they would watch him die and see him put in a tomb and kind of all their hopes and their dreams, everything they expected uh, was going to be gone. And his peace was not given as the world gives peace. See, you can find peace in the world, but it's not lasting peace. Uh, it can be taken away. It can vanish. And this, this peace is not something we can create on our own, and it's not something that can be taken away. This peace is not the absence of pain. And sometimes people think, oh, I've got peace because I don't have any pain. No, no, no. You can still have peace in the pain. It's not the absence of pain. It's not the absence of hurt. It's not the absence of noise or violence or uncertainty. It is the peace that we have in the person of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And he assured his disciples that even when it seemed to be the most hopeless situation, he would be with them no matter what. Uh, his peace is, and his presence is with us no matter the circumstances we face on earth. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, for he is our peace. That's it. He didn't say he brings our peace. He is our peace. As we experience God's presence, we become to, we begin to experience the peace that he is and that he gives to us. Paul went on to say in Ephesians uh, 2, said for he is our peace who had made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us, talking about taking down the, the veil that separated God from man that's been taken away because now we have peace with God because before we weren't at peace with God. Before, if someone were to go through that veil and it wasn't the high priest on the, the, uh, whole, the Day of Atonement uh, and he had washed himself and made himself righteous in the sight of God through all the, the, the ceremony, if, someone, if I would just walk through the temple veil into the Holy of Holies... I would have been struck down dead because I was not at peace with God. But now he's taken down that wall, and we can have the peace of God. We can experience the presence of God. So he's having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. So God with us brings peace between us and between us and God. But it also brings peace among the people as we are unified under God through Jesus Christ. This is the perfect 
picture of shalom, of wholeness, of completeness, of safety, of restoration of all people. Jesus' peace is not simply that we agree to disagree. His peace is that we are made one in him. In wholeness, we are reconciled to God and to others through Jesus Christ. So we see, first of all, that God's peace brings wholeness. Secondly, God's peace is kind of the first. Number three here, and hopefully we can get through this one before some other technical issue happens. Number three, God's peace calms us. How peaceful is your Christmas season typically? Typically, if we're honest, it's, it's busy, it's, it's hectic, it's frantic, maybe it's overloaded and overscheduled, and all those things, they, they rob the peace that Jesus brings us. Or maybe it's something more, maybe you have relational conflict this Christmas season. Uh, maybe you've got pressure at work or a lost job or an illness, whatever it is, this season that's supposed to be marked by peace and joy can steal our peace and joy. For many of us, peace sounds uh, a long ways off. It sounds a, a far way away, and it, it seems like a good idea, a nice thought for the holidays, something that we long for, but something we're not going to experience. If only we could feel the peace of God with us. If that's where you find yourself today, know that Jesus shows up when the storms of life threaten us and threaten our peace and our hope and our joy, and he brings those things back to us. Even the disciples who, who lived with Jesus every single day had a hard time grasping this concept. One night the disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee after a very long day of, of ministering and Jesus was asleep in the boat. He was exhausted and he is tired. He'd given of himself. So he's down in the bottom of the boat sleeping and suddenly a storm comes up on this. And this was very common. It still happens today the way the Sea of Galilee is, is, is laid out. Uh, storms would come up very, very quickly and suddenly and very severe. So suddenly a very severe storm blows up. Now you got to remember, most of these men were fishermen by trade. This, this shouldn't have been anything new to them. But this storm must have been even more severe than anything they'd ever seen because suddenly they thought they were going to die. Suddenly they're afraid that their ship's going to sink and they're going to perish. And they're like, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Oh, he's, he's asleep. He's sleeping in the middle of the boat. So many of them, they were fishermen, they were used to sudden storms, but they were scared. It must have been a severe storm. So as their boat took on water, they were terrified. As the waves rose and the wind blew, Jesus slept through it all. So finally, the disciples, they, they shake him awake, shouting, and say, man, don't you even care that we're going to die? And Mark recorded it like this in Mark chapter 4. He says, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat on the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and it was a great calm. It was just a command of peace from Jesus. The storm calmed, and the sea was tranquil. Instantly. That doesn't happen either. When storms cease, there's still waves and they kind of calm it down. But when Jesus said, peace, storm stopped, wind stopped, wave stopped, everything stopped. The disciples were in awe, and, and for very good reason. Those disciples, they sure do sound like us sometimes, don't they? When things aren't looking good for us, we're often... Uh, quick to cry out to God, God, don't you even care what I'm going through? We, we think he's not paying attention or he doesn't realize how bad our situation is. And, and we, we make our own storm worse. The truth is, God is there. 
He is there with you and he always will be with us, always present. He knows all that swirls around us and all the storms that rage within us. He sees beyond the waves and beyond the winds of our circumstances. And the power of his peace isn't diminished by our storms. His peace can calm our storms as we turn to him, giving our request to him in prayer and focusing on his faithfulness. God with us will never leave us. God with us will never fail us. It is his presence and this is this presence of peace that we celebrate during the Advent season. It is this presence of peace that we have access today to enjoy. And that sounds incredible, but how do we do it? We have access to it. How do we enjoy it? When we come to God in prayer, he changes us from the inside out. God's peace it brings a powerful transformation in our lives. No matter what we are anxious or worried about, we can bring our needs and our requests to God. Paul described the process like this. He said, be careful. That word there in the Greek means anxious. Be careful or anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As we talk to him and give thanks to him, God's peace grows within, inside of us and guards our emotions. This peace doesn't make sense when we are facing worry and fear. It doesn't naturally exist during our struggles. But this is God, but this is God we're dealing with. This is our Prince of Peace, the giver of shalom, the giver of the spirit of peace. And when we come close to him, when we go to worship him like those shepherds did, he transforms us. No matter how, how bad the storm swirling around inside of you or around you is, he can calm it and he can carry us through it. So let me encourage you this morning, in the second week of Advent, to look for him, even in the storms. Even when the, the winds are blowing and the storm is raging, look for the peace that God brings. You may find him as a babe out of the manger or a carpenter's son asleep on a ship it may even initially seem to you as if as it did to the disciples that he doesn't even care but in the middle of whatever life holds this week remember jesus comes in power as the prince of peace and he is always with us Advent reminds us that jesus is restoring us to god through wholeness and comfort and he is giving us peace let it be your peace, guarding your soul with peace, filling your spirit with wholeness of shalom, and ruling as the prince of peace in your heart. Peace starts with having peace with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you today you've given us.